Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thought Shared Souls Baird. I'm Katie. I'm Jill. And what a week we've had. This has been the worst week of my life. It's not the best. Um, We're recording this two days after we learned the news that Stephen Sondheim died at the age of 91. Um, which, you know, kind of a big deal. Um, truly a, a devastating loss to the theater community. He wrote such prolific music to literally everything. Like, did he have any flops? Financially, maybe, but every single last song was a banger. Um yeah he was 91 so you know it's heartbreaking but it happened I can't talk about it (laughs) okay I can you don't have to talk about it then let's talk about the other thing that happened since we put out our last episode and that is the Netflix debut of Tick Tick Boom which literally goes hand in hand with mm-hmm. the whole thing, which I wasn't expecting. Um, I had been aware of Tick, Tick, Boom for a while now. I knew of it because when I was in junior high, I had a pretty, pretty um, hefty rent phase. Um, I'm currently touching a rent poster from, two, what is this, the 10, I don't know, whatever. This is the Broadway tour, but it had Adam Pascal and Anthony Rapp in it. And mm-hmm. I saw it in 2008. It was, um, it meant a lot to me, that show. Did I understand the show fully at age 13? No, not at all. <laughs> um, and as I've gotten older, you know, obviously I understand it a little more. As you grow into the ages that these characters are, you, you kind of feel it more. Um, But anyway, it's not Rent. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom is not Rent. Um, It is the semi-autobiographical musical that Jonathan Larson was working on, Um, you know, in addition to Rent. So in so far semi-autobiographical in the fact that, you know, the character's name, the main character's name is John, you know? Um, And really what this movie did was tell the story of Tick, Tick, Boom while incorporating other aspects of Jonathan Larson's life into it. Um, And I think it was incredibly well done. I knew like nothing about it. (laughs) Um, All I really knew about it was like a couple of songs and um, I knew that Raul Esparza was like attached to it because I love Raul Esparza Mm -hmm. um but that was pretty much it um and those things I only really knew because my best friend um did it in college did the show in college but since I went to college out of state I didn't get to see it so it was like I've never like seen it or anything like that but um I'm not like a crazy huge rent fan um I honestly don't really love rent in any way um I've seen it a couple times uh did not have a good experience seeing it the first time and I think that's why I'm not a big rent fan but I do love like the idea of rent like I love parts of it and I love like Jonathan Larson like I just obviously like he was a huge yeah, and I think what a lot of like he's a giant in the theater community, so it's like oh, absolutely. Right. Um, and I think something that like a lot of people have talked about um, is the fact that Rent was technically unfinished mm-hmm. because you know it never got the opportunity to because on the day of the first preview off Broadway, mm-hmm. Jonathan Larson passed away the yeah. morning of the first preview. So he never got to really test it in front of a general audience. 
and make notes and take, you know, these kinds of things. You never got to fully, you know, finish it. Although, you know, one could argue is any piece of art ever truly finished. Um, But, you know, that show gave us like debuts and, and principal debuts of some of Broadway's, you know, most prolific actors and actresses like Medina Menzel and Tay Diggs and Daphne Urban Vega, like this show, Anthony Rapp, like this show truly was a juggernaut of a musical Mm. that, you know, launched the career of many, many people. Yeah. Also, I hate to be this person, but most of my shit that I knew about Jonathan Larson Rent was from from the mirrored plot points in Smash. <laughs> oh, you mean? Oh, you mean? Um, what are their names? Uh, oh. Jimmy and Kyle. <laughs> I saw a tweet. Like, I felt so bad, but I was like, "Oh, this is literally me." There was like a tweet that was like um, talking about how. I don't know if it was like an actual like thing or if it was like a if this is happening to you're not the only person like kind of tweet but um it was like this is that time when we find out who really thinks that um Jonathan Larson was hit by a bus and <laughs> oh my god they said I didn't think he was hit by a bus I knew that that was smashed I knew that that was the difference but at the same time did I really know how Jonathan Larson died no I had no idea. I had like six different ideas in my head and I just never thought to really like look into it. Um, but the bus thing was always in the back of my mind. Because <laughs> um, I think it must have been the 2006 Tony Awards that I watched the first time. I think it was like the first Tony Awards I ever watched. Um, and it was the 10th anniversary of Rent on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And they brought out, you know, basically the whole original cast. Mm-hmm. And they talked about, you know, it's been 10 years. And they talked about Jonathan Larson. And that's where I first learned about who he was. And mm-hmm. first, because like 2006, I was 11. Yeah. You know, I didn't, <laughs> maybe still even a little too young, but that's when I started really getting into Wicked. And so it, so in my like deep dives on Wicked and Adina, I found Rent and then I, you know, binged every single performance that was on YouTube, which at that point, YouTube had only been around for like three years. So there wasn't a ton. So it's like, have I seen their performance on the Rosie O'Donnell show? Yes. Have I, (laughs) have I watched that Tony performance a million times? Yes. Um, did I fall in love with Telly Leung's vlogs of when he was on the tour? Yes. Um, and I remember seeing that 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 was that tour um, that I saw back in 2008 and being like, oh my God, there he is, the guy from the vlogs. Um, and so, yeah, so it, it definitely was the second musical that I ever like became obsessed with was Rent. And, yeah. you know, again, this movie, Tick, Tick, Boom, is not Rent, but it is, you know, gives you more of a backstory into who the creator of Rent was. I honestly, I don't know if this is true for, like, everyone else who, like, isn't, like, a big Rent person, but watched the movie. I feel like, and it may just be because Rent is about, like, so many people, (laughs) and Tick, Tick, Boom is about one person, but it was almost, like, why the fuck? Um, it was almost like this was more. I don't know, like this movie, because I've seen the Rent movie like six thousand times, and like I've seen it on stage like twice, I think. And I love Rent, and like parts of it are like heartbreaking, and like I feel them very deeply. But like I don't think I've ever cried watching Rent. I think I wept the entire time I was watching Tick Tick Boom. <laughs> Like, there was something about, I think it was just the way the movie was done. I don't know, but it was like, I don't know, it was really emotional. Like, the whole thing was just very emotional. But that was, the thing was, is I, 
at the same time, I sat there and I think I was feeling things for all the like minor like surrounding people than I ever really was for John until the end of it. Okay. Because I kind of felt like like when I was watching it, I kind of felt badly for like everybody else because I was like, this man is a narcissist. But <laughs> but like in like an artistic like artist way. But so like I felt badly for them. And so I think I was like feeling for them more than I was for him. And then we hit like the middle of the movie and I was like, mm, I'm feeling everything for everybody in mm-hmm. every like every scene like it was I don't know it was just really emotional no absolutely it's this whole so I don't know the way that I find myself relating to it is while I'm not a creative in the arts I do work in the arts you know I do I do work in the arts and and I'm very passionate about the arts um and there is this understanding and I've kind of talked about it with like people I work with um and I feel like I've talked about it to other people where I'm like I know that like 30 is just an abs like it it's nothing like it it's truly nothing but it does feel like this big looming number and as somebody who lost their entire middle year of their 30s or of their sorry 30s jesus of their 20s um, i may as well be at this point <laughs> got neck pain and i don't worry about oh. how i sleep oh my god um but as i do definitely feel that like ticking clock of well katie you're gonna be 27 and like six months, not even six and like four months. How do you feel about that? And it's like, um, not great because I don't feel like I've done anything. And I feel like my life has totally been like blindsided by the past two years at this point mm-hmm. that it's, it's like, I definitely feel that. And, you know, working around people who are also, you know, working in the arts and you start to really question whether or not what you're doing is worth it almost because like I'm 26 I still live at home but do I want to like keep chasing my dreams um or do I want to like be able to be financially independent great questions and definitely something that is talked about in this movie by him going and being part of a focus group but it's like if I if I abandon what I've wanted my entire life is it going to be worth it and then you have his friend Michael who's like well you know I've suffered long enough and who knows how much time I have left and I'm gonna make sure that I'm comfortable so it is like I do while I'm not on the creative side I am still I'm on like the business side of it Mm -hmm. and it is it is definitely something that like hits really hard mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. I just like, one thing that I felt like when I was watching the movie is cause like I grew up wanting to perform. Like I grew up in dance for 16, 17 years mm-hmm. and um, thinking that I was gonna end up being a performer for the rest of my life and then at 16 like being diagnosed with things that would mean that I wouldn't be able to do that because my body wouldn't function properly by the time I hit 25 Mm -hmm. um but so like I definitely because I feel like I like my biggest dreams and goals were shut down at such a young age (laughs) that I like kind of had to realign those goals with like another way of doing them and another way of being a part of what I wanted to do and so like I'm kind of going towards like what you are doing where I'm like working on the business side of theater and the arts um and while I'm like younger it's still like I don't know like whenever because all my friends are older than me (laughs) 
like all my friends are at least 25 so like I am someone who I want to just like do shit and like be where I want to be and I've always been like that since I was really young like I've just always wanted to be like 35 and like living my dreams like I don't want to be in this like in-between stage ever and I'm stuck here for who knows how long and um like I just want a job that's not an hourly pay and where I get like screamed at all day like you know what I mean like I just want something that's not where I am yeah and that is hourly pay might follow you for a while well and that's throwing that out there that's fine but if I could be paid what I'm owed considering the work that I'm doing because what I'm currently doing is getting paid ten dollars an hour to do six different jobs and be yelled at by people all day and I feel like that's kind of fucked up um and I have like no way of getting a raise of any kind and I've been denied interviews for every single job I've applied for in the last six months so it's like where I'm at right now is probably one of the worst places that I could be for someone with my brain and the way that I'm functioning in my anxiety and paranoia but um like I literally just want to be literally anywhere else than where I'm currently at but um and I feel like it's just everyone feels it on a different level and like in different forms and ways in different ages like everyone hits it at some point probably multiple times in their life that this movie is just like so I don't I feel like this movie is just very universal for a lot of reasons and I don't like like I saw I've seen a lot of people like gatekeeping the fact that this movie is like solely for theater artists and like solely to display like starving theater artists and I'm like I understand that I get that because like we feel it very deeply like as theater people we feel that shit very deeply but like this can this can mean different things for very different people that's the point of art it's subjective it's everyone feels things differently based on their situations in life so like take take boom is probably going to hit home for a lot of people in a lot of different ways so like that's what i love about it is like you feel it in a different way than what i do but we're still feeling the same thing you know mm-hmm. I feel like that was a very long-winded way of getting there but I think that's why I loved it so much yeah something I loved is that well I don't love a facet of this I don't majorly love um <laughs> there are so many cameos from Broadway favorites throughout this entire movie that I got I'm, whiplash at one point. The, truly at some points I was like okay because they started filming this in like March or April tw- must have been March March of 2020 and you know it immediately got shut down like 10 days into filming or something and I truly and then they like re-picked it back up in um I think October of 2020 yeah. and I feel like at that point Lin-Manuel Miranda you know who directed this film was probably like the Broadway community is going to be out of work for a very long time let's give as many people as possible he's like let's give as many people as possible a job for at least a day yeah because like in that last scene like Jelani Aladdin plays um uh Mike was it Michael that's the character's name Michael's like boyfriend at the yeah I like performance oh (laughs) that's Hercules oh my god (laughs) and then like Kate Rockwell is in it and stunning she looked so good she's so good and like Lauren Marcus and Mm -hmm. Ben Levi Ross and it took me like three times to realize Lauren Marcus (laughs) (laughs) but it's truly just like and it honestly goes to show you that like if you're friends with Lin-Manuel Miranda, you will work for the rest of your life. Because I don't know if you caught it, but I also saw Chris Jackson in that movie for a yeah, split second. Yeah, he was in the, oh, I can see it, but I can't think of what scene it is. But like, I was like, oh. He's man. in some audience. He's in like an audience. He's an audience member yeah. in a part. And Renee and. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, if you're friends with him, you'll get a job. Yeah truly like Robin like fucking Robin de Jesus 
killed it. Oh my killed god. It. I like I think his performance was probably like one of the best parts of the movie. Oh, 100%. Like and he- I really love something I really do love about this movie is that they're showing male friendship mm-hmm. in a way that is pure love mm-hmm. but not romantic love. Mm-hmm. Re- regardless of the fact that one of them is gay you know it's not him having a crush on his best friend it's the two of them being best friends their entire life loving each other basically unconditionally and like being the like biggest cheerleader for each other while also like you know being like we are strictly best friends Mm -hmm. and like I just like I love seeing guys just feeling their shit and just like being human beings that feel things and love each other and like because like my god I would say no one's afraid of their feelings in this movie but Jonathan definitely is like a has said let me pretend like I'm feeling things but not actually feel them which is a very like mark from rent kind of deal like in this scene very much mark and roger like it made me laugh because i was like there's so many well there's the scene in um the halloween scene in rent where it's like mark has got his work they say mark hides in his work Mm -hmm. mark's in love with his work mark like yeah yeah (sighs) from oh my god i just love that whole like line where it's like from facing your failures facing your loneliness (laughs) facing the fact you live a lie I I want to talk about my favorite part of the movie because I think I Snapchatted every single person I know <laughs> weeping over it. Um, I'm going to cry, but Bradley Whitford <laughs> as Stephen Pondheim was like, I wasn't expecting to cry about it. Like, I was like, I knew he was playing, and I love Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford is one of my favorite actors. I think he is so underrated. And like, I am determined. He's playing Scrooge, like, starting next week, he's playing Scrooge in A Christmas Carol at the Amundsen. Really and girl. I am going, yeah. I need to see it. I just need to figure out a time to see it. I would kill to see that. Like, I love Bradley Whitford. I think he is so, so good and so underrated and, like, not talked about enough as, like, how amazing he is. He's just so good. Um, but I had seen the the one photo of him as Stephen Sondheim in the movie, um, like weeks ago, and I immediately sent it to like three of my friends, and I said, "Holy fuck, this is gonna ruin me." I was like, because I never once in my life would have thought that I would be seeing an actor like play Stephen Sondheim and look amazing and so like I don't like it like he captured him very well he didn't look exactly like him but he captured him very well I must have um been completely in the dark on every single thing about this movie because until he showed up and said I'm Stephen Sondheim um I didn't know that Stephen Sondheim was going to be a part of this movie I say I know tick tick boom um more or I I feel like I alluded to knowing tick tick boom at the beginning um of this podcast I don't I didn't know a single song going in I knew of it and I had always had intentions of listening to the music and just never did but I was highly aware of its existence yeah um I mean like I had seen the one photo and I was like before anyone said who he was, I was like, that's Stephen Sondheim. I was like, that he's playing Stephen Sondheim. I was like, it's literally Bradley Whitford. It was him. the way he, it was his, he had his mannerisms basically down pat. It was the way he had his legs crossed and was like hunched over to the side mm-hmm. a little bit and had his like arms up in a very like contemplative way, had the beard, had like, was like emphasizing oh. forehead wrinkles. And like, I was texting my friend while I was watching it and I was like, I was like, oh my God, like he, he doesn't look exactly like him, but I was like, but he has captured the like very essence of this man. I was like, I have studied Steven Sondheim for so long. He wasn't. seen every interview he's ever done. I have seen every documentary. Like, I'm like, I know that man so well. And and it's shocked. And it's not like he was putting on an impersonation, trying to do the voice, but like he had the cadence down correctly. Mm -hmm. He had the mannerisms 
almost down correctly. You could tell mm-hmm. that he was trying to do, um, and like was trying to embody him, um, but wasn't making it obvious. Yeah, it felt more natural. Is the essence of Stephen like he is such like a like you know him so well but like he's so small and so like understated and subtle and like not like this huge personality like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it was like I don't like it blew me away though like you'd think he'd like, have more of like a look at me look at me for all of the things he's done but he's also just very much like a if you're gonna ask me a question I'm gonna be honest but I'm not gonna like make a show about it right like I I don't know like when I was like I literally had to pause the movie because I was like weeping about it (laughs) like I was like I did not expect this to make me I don't know why it made me so emotional like I don't have any idea why his performance made me so emotional but yeah especially considering you watched it before he died well but it's just Stephen Sondheim in general makes me very emotional I've always (laughs) He's always just made me very emotional. Whereas uh, I watched it the day he died, not knowing how big of a thing Stockholm yeah. was going to be in this movie. Yeah. Um, well, I watched it because I was off work like Monday, Tuesday, and then Thanksgiving. So I watched it, I think, on Tuesday. And um, I I don't like, Sondheim's such like a huge part of my life. He's like the most influential person that's ever existed for me. Like he's everything to me. And so... I don't like I never would have thought that I would see someone portraying him in any like film or anything like I never would have thought that that would happen or could happen in a way that would be good enough (laughs) and I just feel like Bradley Whitford was perfect like I just feel like he just did it so well and so like respectfully and I don't like I don't know it was just really really good um and it literally like it made me really insanely emotional. And then um I mean the voicemail at the end. Yeah, that was something I thought was interesting that they had, you know, Bradley Whitford doing not a Sondheim voice impersonation the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for anybody who might not know. Cause I know like I had a friend who called me up last night and was like, Hey, my boyfriend and I are gonna, are thinking about watching this, but I have to see if it's Katie approved first. Cause it's a musical. And I was like, yes, please watch it. Um, we'll check back in in a bit. Let me know what you think. Um, and so like, and they don't know musical theater, you know, like you and I do, um, that you could like immediately catch that that was the real deal on the voicemail. Mm-hmm. I I haven't been able to watch anything about Sondheim in the last couple days. I haven't, I'm that type of person that like, I can't touch that yet. Like I need time before I can like listen to songs and watch anything to do with him or what, like I'll repost it on my Instagram, but like, I can't watch it because it's too much for me. Like it overwhelms me and I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I accidentally was scrolling on TikTok and accidentally came across a clip of the voicemail scene without realizing. And I literally broke down in tears today. And I was like, did not want to deal with this today, but okay. Um, and like all my friends have been telling me for the last like week that they want to watch Tick Tick Boom with me. And now I'm like, y'all can watch it alone. I'm not like, come back to me in four months. And I'm like, I'll talk to you guys later. Um, you come back to me in March. Yeah, I can't deal with this just yet. Like, this is not anything that I would like to deal with at this moment in time. And like, I text my friend texted me and she was like, do you still want to go and see like West Side Story opening weekend? And I said, yeah, but uh, pray for me because <laughs> Christ. Um, and then I said, imagine how it's going to be. <laughs> in January (laughs) um I said everyone say a prayer for Katie (laughs) I I I cried more and I didn't even really cry I I so when I found out the news you know it's 
it, for me, it was a little shocking. Like, it wasn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, like, obviously it's like, we just lost a giant, but I also, you know, put things into perspective of he was 91. I had also kind of like been preparing myself for this a little bit. I don't know how, but like, I had already like, kind of like emotionally been like, okay, it's going to happen. It's, you know, one of these, it was, it did feel heart, like a little jarring considering like 10 days before he was at company's first performance back Less and he had like, he was at assassins and yeah. And then he was at assassins and he was like eating Thanksgiving with friends the night before. Cause he died on black Friday. So it was very much like, um, it felt like we didn't know he was sick or something. Like if we had known he was sick, it would have been like, okay, well, you know, prepare yourself a little more. But so, I, but so I didn't like cry, but after I watched tick, tick, boom, and like watched that, you know, voicemail scene and then, you know, just the whole ending of the movie, I did cry a little bit. I got a little emotional about it, but I don't know. I, it, it wasn't like it was, a excuse me. It wasn't like it was like a big shock to me considering his age. And I feel like had it been more unexpected, I may have had a larger reaction because truthfully, the only person, the only celebrity whose death has ever like truly shocked me into the point that I was like basically unconsolably crying was Kobe's. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not even a big basketball fan, but that one, like the fact that it was like him, his daughter and like the, the so way it happened. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that I was like in an airport that day, mm-hmm. like about to fly really like freaked me out. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, it, it was very sad, but I was also like, he lived a long life. I feel like had I found out in a different setting, yeah, I would have been able to relax a little bit more in my reaction. Because you're the one who texted me. You said, I just heard the news about Sondheim. And I was like, what? And I when you said that, I was like, oh my God. Like, I, I couldn't bring myself to say it. Um, I found out I was at the beginning of my shift at a hotel. And my good friend, Abby, um called me like six times while I was doing check-ins and like literally with guests um and she kept texting me and she was like you need to call me I was like I can't I'm at work like I'll call you in a little bit when I go on break and she goes no you need to call me immediately like this is like serious and so I called for my coworker to come over and I said hey I need to call my friend something's going on and I went into the back office and I called her back and she said, I needed you to hear this instead of reading it. And she goes, and I need you to take care of yourself and I need you to relax. And I was like, okay. And then she told me and I literally started shaking, like genuinely, like I have never shaked, shook, shake, shaking, shake. It doesn't matter. Whatever the fuck the word is. Anyways that hard in my life like I thought that like I was having like a genuine like I don't even know like I don't even know what it was but I told her I was speechless for a second and then I was like I gotta go I need like I was I need to go like I was like I I I don't want to talk I need to go so I hung up and she kept texting me like telling me that I need to like go and sit down and like try and breathe and I went and I told my coworker, I said, I need to go for a second. I was like, I'll be back, but I I need to go and sit down for a few minutes. And so I went into like the back hallway of the hotel and I called my dad and I told him. And my dad has been saying for the last few years that like, he would always say, if Sondheim were to die, that is when I would really be concerned about you. Like emotionally, mentally, like, that's when I know that like shit's gonna go down you're not gonna do well like it's not it's not gonna be good 
And when Christopher Plummer died, um, that was bad. I did not handle it well. I don't know why that hit me so hard, but I did not handle that whole situation well at all. Um, and so I hung up on my dad and I was like, I can't, like, I just don't want to talk about it. Like, I was like, I don't want to like, because the more I talk about it, the more real it is. And I didn't want it to be true. And I didn't want it. Like, I was like genuinely in denial about it. And, um, because I'm, I'm someone who I'm sure people have like realized this about me. Like, it's not like some big secret or some shit. But I feel things for people I don't know very seriously and very deeply because I attach myself to them because they have helped me in ways that they don't even know about. And Steven Sondheim has been there for me since I was four years old. Like, that's just, like, he's been there my entire life. And so he's always been like a presence in my life. And so I never knew how I would exist without his existence in my life and I don't think I fully cried until I was on my way home from work that night because my best friend kept insisting that I FaceTime her because she didn't want me driving without talking to someone and I found out that my friends were all texting each other without me knowing <laughs> um and they were all like don't ask if she's okay and I was like why like, why would you guys say that? And they're like, because if we ask you if you're okay, that's when you're not going to be okay. And that's when you're going to fall apart and you don't want to deal with that. And I was like, well, I'm basically on the brink of falling apart anyway. So that's fine. And then she FaceTimed me on my way home. And that's when I like broke down. Like that was when I like lost it. Um, because she started talking about like whatever. And I started talking about how I'd been, I'd had this idea in my head to do a gallery wall above my desk of like different theater things and have pictures of like Nick and Terrence McNally. And I said, and then now I guess Sondheim. And that's when I lost it. Like that was the moment that I like lost it it was because I had to like envision him with two people that I loved very dearly that had died. And I think that's what like fucked me up the most, <laughs> um, which I printed out those photos or I got them, I sent them to Walgreens to get printed last night. So I'm going to be doing that on my days off this week. Um, but I don't know, like, I just, I still don't like talking about it because it hurts a lot, like a lot. And so I don't know. Because I think the hardest thing is this work was my therapy and now I can't listen to it because he's gone mm -hmm. and that I think that's what bothers me the most I think that's what's stressing me out the most but yeah yeah but you know the best way to 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 keep his like the thing is like his shows will be performed until the end of time into the woods timeless right you know they can always update another show like they did with company i still want to gender by assassins but okay um <laughs> just like a concert like i don't want like a full ass like i just think it'd be cool to see like i don't know i don't know i've just always wanted it i think it's because i've always wanted to play john wilkes booth i don't know but um and like even now knowing that there's, you know, in in New York itself, there are two different Sondheim shows running. Mm -hmm. um, in February, Assassins is gonna be out in LA. Um, it's like everywhere you go, you'll be able to find something that he did, whether it's West Side Story or Into the Woods or Sweeney Todd or Gypsy. Like these are shows that are so prolific mm -hmm. that they will be performed forever. Yeah. So it's one of the things where it's like, you don't really have to search far to find a Sondheim show. Right. But um, do you want to talk about <laughs> the Sunday scene in Tick, Tick, Boom? I thought Boom? I was having a panic attack when I watched that scene. I felt you, like I was hallucinating. I feel like I maybe 
in the minority, but I was like, this is too much. I didn't like it. It wasn't, people were like, okay, okay. So you and I agree on this. We're about to get very controversial. It was very much. So, oh my gosh. Okay, so here's the thing. I feel like that scene was a little much. I love everybody who was in that scene. I love that, you know, they're all doing one scene together and it's great. And it's the who's who of, you know, Broadway. Um, But it felt a little too much for me. Like I, like I love seeing uh, Brian Stokes Mitchell and Cheetah and- um, Don't get me wrong. I will never turn down a reason to see Cheetah Rivera on my screen. No. Also, I like that that's the only scene that Lynn put himself in very briefly yeah. as like the cook in the diner. He was still too loud for my liking, but- <laughs> um, But, we've been but he, wasn't, he wasn't in the chorus. He wasn't no, but in we've the... been over how I feel about his. His voice is grating to me. Like, I just don't like hearing his voice. He didn't put himself in that, as far as we know, unless it's right. very subdued. But I, I, it just felt, that scene just felt a little out of place. Mm-hmm. And then it was immediately followed up with that, um, what's it called? That Play Games weird music video that just felt, yeah. like, jammed in there. Yeah, that I literally, I think I like sent you a message that was like, "What is Tariq Trotter doing you literally, in this?" You Snapchatted me and you said, "What the fuck is this?" It it was just like I didn't two know how to respond back to back that it. just feel like if you had cut them, nothing would have been missed. Like I understand more, so I I get the vision, right? Like I get they had watched Sunday on PBS earlier in the thing and it's mm-hmm. it's supposed to be Jonathan Larson's own version of his own Sunday brunch I get it and then I understand the like play games thing but the because it's it's Jonathan being like everything that's on literally things that like I rail against now where I'm like mm-hmm. everything's too commercial nothing says anything it's too much like it's too it's too much of nothing mm-hmm. um essentially but the fact that it was shot the way it was really felt like if you didn't add those like 90s music video details of like being in like purple and green and 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 you know those truly very 90s um music video elements and just had like Tariq doing it like around him yeah. while keeping the visual elements the same, I think it may have, I wouldn't be feeling as much as I do. I like, I don't like the whole thing with, I don't know if this is just, this is probably just me feeling, this is honestly probably just me. As much as I love literally every single cameo that was, I love all those people. They are all icons and talents is like talented as fuck, like incredible humans, like love them. As much as I loved it, what I would have loved to see even more is more ensemblist cameos and I don't know, like smaller Broadway actor cameos. I think because there were a good amount of like, you know, ensemble and like all that, but I don't like. Because ensembles are becoming more recognizable in the theater community. Through social media. Through social media. And so I, because like I myself, most of my favorite Broadway people are ensembles because I think that they are, full of friends, the most talented people in the world. Um, and I would have loved to have seen more, like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that, like, I don't love all the cameos and I don't love that he, like, put all these cameos in. But at the same time, I would have loved to have seen more people being put to work that are having more difficulty having getting jobs. During yeah. That. You know? Yeah, whereas you're like, oh, Bernadette, you're not really, as far as we know, you're not really lacking 
yeah funds or healthcare. Right. I mean, love Bernadette. Love, love her. Love sis. She's she's the best. Love her. My Dolly Levi. Yeah. But she really is her wallet really crying. Is she like but it's not like you could have if you were to have that scene, you couldn't have it without Bernadette. Especially right. considering the song. Well and I'm not saying Bernadette specifically, obviously, but like I think I'm the one that brought up Bernadette. Or did you? One, I did. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> we um, love her. But like, imagine like if they had done that with like people from like the revival of Sunday, and like you know what I mean. Like, I just think that that could have been really cool. Hmm. So you're telling me you wanted to see Annalie Ashford and Jake Gyllenhaal and Ashley Park and Ashley Park and Ruthie Ann Miles. I love Ruthie Ann Miles so much. Yes. <laughs> like that's the thing. It's like I would have loved to have seen people who are like lesser known in the mainstream that are attached to theater and more people that are like recognizable to theater people yeah but I feel like don't include all the other people but I'm saying include other people too (laughs) no 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 no. but I feel like that those people should be included in a different scene this if you were to have this scene it had to have these people because because of it being his Sunday right his vision of seeing people the people he is currently looking up to as stars of Broadway musicals through whether it be Sunday or B.B. Newirth in Chicago or you know B.B. Newirth was probably one of my favorite cameos (laughs) because I adore her (laughs) like Andre DeShields from The Wiz like these are people that Jonathan Larson saw growing up right watching them well, and I'm not even just saying like in just that scene in particular. I just think cameos in general for some of the scenes, I think like even just audience members in some of the well, scenes has been a little bit different. Yeah. Can we talk about that one scene um, in the writer's workshop where it just pans over and it's like Mark Shaman and Jason Robert Brown and Janine Tesori and Dave Malloy and Which Tom Pitt and Alex Weiss. One of Weiss. the funniest things to me is every time I see Mark Sherman, I giggle because he just makes me so happy. Like I cannot look at that man and not feel like and feel sad. Like he is the perfect human being. Like, I just love it. I love him. He just like, looks like a little ball of like. I know. <laughs> like even today, like I was watching um, like Instagram stories from the Sunday uh, for Sondheim at the ticket steps, and like he showed up just like in one of the Instagram stories, and I said, "Oh, oh my god!" <laughs> I was like, "That's Mark Shaman, <laughs> well, baby, I know. Well, baby boy." <laughs> no, but, but yeah, I, and then um, <laughs> who was that? Who I feel like we that? should do a whole episode about Mark Shaman. <laughs> just like discuss. We can Mark go on and on about his music. Um, <laughs> Because who else was in that scene? Um, Alex Lackamore was in that scene. Yeah. Tom Kitt, I think I already said that. Yeah. Dave Malloy, when I saw, it was, wasn't until, like, I, I felt like. I did not recognize Dave Malloy until I hear that that's who it is. No, I saw it and I was like, oh my God. But you're like a Comet fan. So oh, like. I'm a huge Comet fan. I think it's because like, I'm not. And so like, I hear Dave Malloy and I'm like, I don't know who you're talking about, but I know the name. I know who it is, but I don't know what he looks like. It was just, it was just that pan over starting with Mark Shaman. Yeah. And then I was like, that's Janine Tesori. And that's Alex Lackmore. And, that, and yeah. then it was like, then it was like, here's have Steven Schwartz. And I'm just like. I think that was my favorite cameo scene. I do too because it's like who is because again this movie is just a constant list of who is Lin-Manuel Miranda friends with yeah but it was like and it's truly everyone on Broadway it was so funny because like in that scene I think I gasped every time I saw somebody (laughs) but like all the other cameos throughout the movie I was like oh that's that and but like that scene I was like (gasps) <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Because you never see the musicians. It's like the cameras in this movie were like jump scares. Like, <laughs> like every time like, you see like, the oh, musicians, the musicians don't really get like as much love as like the actors and stars in it. But, like, so, like those are, knowing like, who my favorite people to see in any situation. I know. So, so like, like knowing that that is Jason Robert Brown and that is Stephen yeah. Schwartz was just Which- like. Oh my God. And that's the thing is like Jason Robert Brown coming up in a cameo and anything is so funny to me because all I think of is the last five years movie. <laughs> when he's just a pianist. And he's like, <laughs> like he's like squinting at the sheet music. 
I'm a firm believer that if you are going to make a movie out of a musical and the 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 musicians are still around put them in put them in put them in put them in in. like okay not related at all but I was watching Bride Wars the other day I love Bride that's one of my favorite movies and that movie was written by June Diane Raphael and Casey Wilson and they both have like parts in that movie and I was like yes I love that shit also, that movie is so underrated. I fell asleep watching it. I've got to finish watching it. My favorite thing about the movie is that when it came out, my best friend and I were obsessed with it because we we're like, that's us. But like, we love each other too much to pull half of this shit that they did. But also, Anne Hathaway is in the wrong that entire movie. And it facts, facts, facts. Um, like, I'm sorry. Favorite... I understand. Like, sorry. I have to go off on the tangent. Like, I'm sorry. I understand. That's like, correct. you've saved your entire life to have a June wedding at the plaza. Yeah. Um, Who hasn't? Come on. But like, I'm fully in, like, your friend chose the date that she wanted because it was her parents' anniversary who are no longer with us. She chose that date. She has a hot brother, so. Who, like, Anne Hathaway ends up with at the end anyway. So it's like, mm, mm, can't believe you actually ended up getting something That should be me, bitch. But- it's like, anyway, Anne Hathaway's in the wrong. And then she, and it, 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 like, I get, sorry. I get why she, like, sent that stupid email being like, save mm. the date. But it's like, that's kind whatever, of whatever Kate Hudson's character's name is yeah. um, in that movie, she was just looking at cards. She wasn't actually purchasing and sending. Yeah. Anyway, she sorry. She literally was like, I went I off on Pride Wars. Housing. But, like. My favorite thing is I am Kate Hudson in that movie. Okay. Blair. Well, no. <laughs> I wanted to be at one point in my life because I was obsessed with Drop Dead Diva. Anyways, so <laughs> um, because my entire life I've wanted a wedding. Actually, I guess I'm both of them technically. So I've always wanted a wedding at the plaza, not in June, in December. But that's because of Eloise. But um, I've always wanted to get married a specific date at the plaza in a Vera Wang dress yeah the Vera Wang dress is partly because of Blair Waldorf but I digress into my gossip girl situation yeah um but yeah anyway going back anyway. Um, all musicians should have a cameo in the movies off of their yeah. music yeah and if you can have them struggling with the music that they wrote in the scene I think that's hilarious <laughs> Like, I just think it's so funny that the whole scene that Jason Robert Brown is in in the last five years is Anna Kendrick singing about how he's fucking up the music and he's squinting at the sheet music. <laughs> That's comedy. Should I sing louder? I'll sing louder. <laughs> um, I've been listening to that album a lot recently. Did Mark Sheeman and Scott Whitman make cameos in Hairspray? I don't know. Oh, you I know what Mark Shaman is in? I know you didn't finish watching it, but there maybe it's the last episode, the most recent episode of the new Gossip Girl. Um, oh, I heard he was in it. And it's just him and Billy Porter. And I'm like, what is Mark Shaman doing here? He doesn't say anything. Billy Porter's what singing. What is Josh Safran doing with his life? Like, who is this man? I don't know. I gave up on the new Gossip Girl. I cannot, I just think it's unwatchable. Like, I'm sorry to anyone who likes it. It is unwatchable. It is not good. It is, oh, it makes me so mad. Yeah, but I put it on whenever I'm doing other things and I just listen to it. I put on New Girl when I'm doing other things because yeah. having Max Greenfield screaming is relaxing to me. I don't like New Girl. But that's because I find um, Jess and Nick insufferable. Don't we all? No, we don't. But I do, for sure. I agree with that. I find both of those characters absolutely insufferable. Literally, the only reason I kept watching those, and I told my best friend this, was like, the only reason I love it as much as I do is because I'm so obsessed with Cece and Schmidt. It is- See, that's that's what I agree to. Like, I am so obsessed. And I love Reagan. I don't care what anybody says. Is that Megan, Megan Fox? Is the best. Yes. Um... Because Jess wasn't in it. And I said, Well, it's because she was giving birth. Well, we can't all be perfect. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, but I love Megan Fox. I think she's the coolest person. And she made Nick 
easier to watch hmm. you know because she put him in his place and she's like you're a fucking mess like without being nice and like coddling him about it you know what I mean yeah because Nick just oh he irritates the hell out of me like I'm like how does anyone love this man because everyone that watches the show and is like oh I'm so in love with Nick if you were dating Nick you would want to die every day you would be broke you'd be homeless you'd be like girly no yeah can't do it no um you'd be emotionally unstable for the rest of your life what else about tick tick boom um andrew garfield okay i found out he knows nothing about musical theater no i saw that like little quiz thing that he did no yeah on for like netflix or whatever what no it wasn't netflix it was um oh god I can't remember the person's name, but yes, I, I saw it. I watched it. He knew nothing. Nothing. I, I was just su- laughed at one of the answers, and I said, oh. "I was surprised that Josh Henry didn't know as much as I assumed Josh Henry would know." Also, I fucking love Josh I Henry love so Josh much. Henry. Every time, so I made a TikTok about we this Josh literally today, literally like Josh four Henry. hours ago. I made a TikTok being like i know everybody is like romanticizing their life um on tiktok using boho days um but and i love that for everyone i love that they're doing that like go get it romanticize your life we're in the middle of a pandemic like who knows what's gonna happen um romanticize your life romanticize the shit out of it however every single time i'm waiting for that whoa (laughs) josh henry does and i'm just like i like feel it in the like back of my chest it's just like god dang it he's so good listen there is so little that i love more than josh henry doing anything he was in um the original broadway cast of american idiot yes what? and he sang the the favorite sun track yes. and every time i listen to that it's like i it's like my chest is getting cracked open only songs from that musical that i will listen to it's like my chest is getting cracked open and he's just singing directly into like my uh, solar plexus. You know what is so funny to me? And I'm about to call out someone that I know listens to this podcast. So get ready, lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> let's go, lesbians, let's go. <laughs> I was messaging with my good friend Abby's girlfriend on Instagram when I st- when the Tick Tick Boom soundtrack came out and I posted about Boho Days like scratching the best part of my brain that like it was just on repeat for days on end and I posted about it on my Instagram and I said this is just hitting so hard like this is the best song I've ever heard this is the best version of this song that could ever come out this is so good and Abby's girlfriend messaged me and said I think we all and I said yes I think that every human being can agree with this post on my Instagram and then she messages me and says I would like to talk (laughs) to Mr. Josh Henry about his green green dress version and I said oh wouldn't we all love to discuss it with him because sir I listen it takes a fair amount for a man to render me speechless. But the way that I stopped breathing when I heard it the first time, I said, who is this man and what is he doing? Because I don't enjoy not breathing. I'd like to continue living. But I just think it's funny that um, the first person to say that to me was a lesbian. Imagine I being just, I love Josh Henry so much. I think I've told oh, the story on here plenty, many, plenty of times about how I booked tickets to see Hamilton in Chicago, partially because A, I wanted to go to Chicago and also B, because I knew that Josh Henry was playing Burr in yeah. Hamilton in Chicago. And then like a month before um, I was going to go, they were like, Josh Henry's leaving the cast to join the national tour. And I was like, oh, bummer, but you know, I'll see him, you know. <laughs> five months later when it comes to LA um and then I saw Wayne Brady (laughs) iconic iconic. um (laughs) but Josh so I ended up seeing Josh Henry in LA uh twice because I think Ryan Vasquez who is also in that scene yes um 
played it the final time because I think Josh Henry went to New York to either do Carousel. I think it was Carousel. Or did he join the Broadway company? Because I think Michael Louillier joined the Broadway company. What year was it? 27. So yeah, it must have been Carousel because it was 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I saw Josh Henry do Burr twice and he's just so, so good. I love, I just, I love him. I am so upset because when it was announced that Sierra Renee was playing Jenna and Waitress, I lost my shit. I think I properly fell on the floor. Like, I think I genuinely stopped standing the moment I found out. Um, and then I get a text from six of my friends saying, you'll never believe who Pometer is. And I said, oh, bitch, tell me. <laughs> they all said Joshua Henry. And I was at work and I fell to the ground. Um, <laughs> because all of my dreams were coming true in that moment. And... I am so sad because that run ends when we're in New York, but I can't get tickets. Because it's sold out or? Because it's expensive. Waitress oh. is so expensive right now. I um, mean, you can try TKTS. And I'm, I'm thinking about it because, girly, I don't remember what day exactly the run ends though. Why do I feel like it's like the ninth? That's what I was thinking too. But anyway, um, Joshua Henry, everyone should see him perform at least once in their life. He is phenomenal. Listen to Green Green Jess every day. It'll, <laughs> it'll make you feel free. Yeah, I just, it's... Do you know what else I keep listening to on repeat? Hmm. I listen to um, No More a lot. Okay. There's something about it that's, I don't know. I don't really know, but it's very good. <laughs> um, My brain is so much, I'm like so emotionally drained from this weekend that like. It does close on the ninth. So maybe go see its last performance ever. Unless you, I don't know when you've got tickets to see Moulin Rouge. When do you have tickets to see Moulin Rouge? The day I land on the sixth. Oh. I might. But I don't know if that was a day that Chase and I were going to go and see something different. I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Yeah. I did change my flight, though, for the 6th because they kept pushing it. Like, it got pushed, like, an hour, and then it got pushed another 15 minutes. And I was like, I have Moulin Rouge tickets for that night. I need to, like, fix this. And so I messaged Delta, and I got it switched to, like, an earlier flight. <laughs> I, my, so I'm also flying Delta. Um, my flight just keeps getting moved 15 minutes back and forth. So when I purchased it, it was like six o'clock and then it got pushed to 5.45 and then it got pushed to like 6.01 and they got pushed back to 5.45 and I'm like, what is going on? Well, like I've realized that with Delta flights, if they're afternoon flight, like if you're landing in the afternoon, they end up like shifting a lot, but the morning flights like never change. So I was like messaging with like the Delta person and they were like, we could get you on um, one landing at 11 or one landing at 8 a.m. And I said, 8 a.m. please and thank you. I don't land till like four. I'm like 30. I have so much anxiety that I was like the thought of like making it into the city and like getting my like cab to my hotel and everything and like getting there and immediately having to get on the subway to go to the show. That's too much for me. So I was like, the earlier the better. Please and thank you. Did I tell you that um the very first solo trip I ever took, I missed my flight to New York. Um and I, I missed, so I like walked, my flight must have left at like seven o'clock or something. I walked up to the United desk at LAX. Um, and that's why I was, I missed it. It was because it was at LAX. Um, and LAX is kind of the worst airport in general. Um, but so I walked up to the gate agent and I was like, this flight taking off in 10 minutes. I'm not making it. Am I? And she's like, no, <laughs> was like, can I get on a different flight? She said, to be honest, no. And she so she put me on a flight an hour later. Um, and I somehow still made it into the city on time. Enough that like I got to the hotel, put my stuff down, got pizza, and still was like semi-early to SpongeBob. Oh, good for you. So yeah. Also, I don't know if you know this. I'm wearing a Broadway Christmas sweater. I'm wearing a New York Public Library sweater that I spilled gnocchi on. Right here. Damn. I need an updated version of this sweater because it's like 
think I actually enjoy any of the musicals that are displayed on it, except for like Wicked. But <laughs> like it's it's mostly Hamilton and Cat. Yeah. Phantom, which <laughs> none of those I don't enjoy a single one of those. That's so funny. Are the reindeer um frozen? No, there's it's just Santa's reindeer. You can just say they're spends. Santa. Um there was I thought there was oh yeah, there's wicked at the bottom. Mm. that's cool um but I need an updated version with like not pretty much all those I only got it because it had a little bit of Wicked and I said Christmas that's that's Kristen Chenoweth's also um, I got it memoir a little bit Wicked yes I also got it when I was like obsessed with Hamilton like in high school so that's awesome it's so wild to me that you like I know we're only four years apart Mm -hmm. But just like mentally, I because I feel like in like your mid twenties, like you're maybe like your I'm mid ish twenties is when like it starts to kind of like age isn't that big of a like four years isn't that wild of a thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, but like knowing where I was when in the Hamilton cast recording came out versus you saying you were in high school, I'm just like, God, I'm so old. My favorite thing is like my so a lot of the people I work with are like a lot older than me but a lot of them are also a lot younger than me and I'm closer with the people that are older than me and they're like are a lot of your friends older than you because you don't seem like you're 22 and I was like yeah unless I've been friends with them because of school I'm like they're a lot of my friends are older than me like a lot of my friends are my oldest sister's friends so a lot of my friends are almost 30 like <laughs> a good chunk of them are almost 30 and I was like I don't know what I just like I feel like I'm mid to late 20s in my soul mm-hmm. so I feel like that's who I like become friends with like that's just what I naturally like gravitate towards yeah um anyway um I feel like now is an appropriate time to wrap this up Jill where can people yeah. find us online on Instagram and TikTok at thoughts shared podcast and I am at It's Jill Hayes on all platforms. And if you want to follow me, I'm Katie. You can follow me on Instagram at Complete Katie or on TikTok at Katie Fornia. So follow us there. We'll check in later. Have a great December. I'm sure we'll talk to you before then, but I know December is going to be kind of busy. The day after we post this, so. What? If we're posting this on Tuesday, December's on Wednesday. I'm not guaranteeing this is going up on the 30th because that is the day of a major event at my work. Unless I get it done tonight and then Monday. If you can edit it like before then. We'll see what happens. Tuesday, I will probably be at work until midnight. Tuesday, I'll be at work until midnight. I'm seeing Wicked on Wednesday and on Sunday and I'm very excited. I get to go have drinks with Marina on Wednesday. I'm very excited. How exciting. So exciting. Tell her I say hey. I will. Be like, Katie says what's up. Can't wait to <laughs> like probably see you in February. Right. <laughs> when you're at her work. Right. <laughs> Tell her to if they're doing talkbacks to do one of the talkbacks because I'm on the talkbacks team. Goals. Goals. Um, anyway, um, anyway, talk to y'all later. Goodbye. Bye.